Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. We promised that if we got over 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts by the end of April, we'd record a special episode discussing the movie Cats. We weren't sure if that was a threat or a promise, but our listeners not only met that challenge, they exceeded it. So here we are, here to discuss the movie Cats from 2019. It's a dream come true for me, Jillian, for you too, I'm sure. I give the people what they want, so. This is a milestone for us. We're over 100 views on Apple Podcasts. You made it possible. And it's so funny because it looks like we probably made all these fake We're accounts. Scammers. <laughs> We're hustling. We're scamming. But what, what people have to understand is, no, it's our listeners just really wanting this Cats episode. So here we are. Yeah, so for it. all the new listeners, we're not scammers. That's <laughs> My right. biggest fear is I'm going to be seen as a scammer, apparently. So no scams. So before we learn if the Cats movie will be Jillian's jellicle choice or if she'll wish it will disappear like McCavity, let's uh, go through some of those reviews and shout out the folks who made this episode possible. C-O-L or X-I-O-L writes, a great podcast. I love Matt and Jillian's banter. Well, thank you. I, thank I think our, you. I love our banter too. Yeah, very sweet. And so our next review is Jen from NT. Always funny and lovable. Highly recommend. This next one's from the one and only Jiggly Hogfish, which is an one amazing username. <laughs> Jiggly writes, truly cozy. You are what you feed your mind. Since I want to be cozy, I feed my brain this podcast. Matt and Jillian offer so many helpful tips on how to increase the cozy in your life. They offer so many different recommendations that I end up looking around my life to see what else can be more cozy. So sit back, maybe in a hot tub, light a candle, and enjoy. Well, thank you, Jiggly. And you might not know this, but Jillian actually records every episode in a hot tub in her apartment. I won't do it with that one. So <laughs> but if there's no hot tub, I'm not doing it. Our next review is from NLG611. Listening to Matt and Jillian is audio self-care. They delight in each other's company, make each other laugh, and it's always soothing to listen to them talk about candles, cozy mysteries, anything that makes them feel comfort. Can your childhood teddy bear be a podcast? Great question. Great tagline. Great tagline. We're stealing that and slapping on a t-shirt. Thanks. (laughs) And then finally, a review from the one and only Kate Littleton, who's been a guest on this show. She writes the coziest podcast there is. Cozy with an S. Very British. We see you being fancy out here, Kate. Maybe it's Kate Middleton after all. Looking to relax, get cozy, she writes. This is the podcast. Each episode is like chatting to two good friends over tea about life, love, music, books, travel, and of course, candles. This is the perfect thing to listen to any time of the day, but I love to listen to it as I wind down in the evening. Never stressful, always comforting. I love it so much that I am actually embarrassed to not have written this review sooner. Well, don't be embarrassed, Kate. Your support means so much to us. And also, you've definitely left reviews in other places. So, (laughs) Yeah, so you're covered. Don't worry. You do such great work in our Facebook group. So thank you. If you're interested in supporting our show, hop on to our little cozy club on Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash allthingscozy. Joining our Patreon really helps keep the lights on here at Cozy HQ for candles and and all that jazz and for rentals of the movie Cats. (laughs) And I have new stationery, so you can look forward to that. That's what you're getting. You're getting new stationery for the cozy little messages that we send our patrons. So, you know, we really do appreciate your support at any level. Thank you all for showing up and rallying. And without further ado, here is the episode that you earned us talking about cats.
it's it's cozy, right? I mean, cats are cozy. It only reasons that it's going to be cozy to discuss a movie about cats. Yeah, maybe you can listen to this and skip the movie. I, well, I don't know about that, Jillian. Okay, that's a little. That's well, a little be- bit of a. That's a violent first opinion. I feel. Um, well, I mean, if you want to like a cozier, you know, a synopsis, and you don't want to watch it, this I think could be a good substitute. Sure, but I I also think it's worth watching. But before we go into the movie, Jillian, I want to know about your background with cats, not not the feline variety, but of the entertainment variety. Those show cats. So yeah, it's the first show I actually ever saw on Broadway, and. I remember feeling terrorized because they had the, <laughs> the, the actors come through the, the aisles. And I'm sorry to re-traumatize you. <laughs> back then, I mean, the lights are off and they're coming through the aisles and hissing and doing their hand <laughs> movement. All the college theater students <laughs> oh <my laughs> coming through the, <laughs> through the aisles. And so um, that was my first experience. But I don't remember the actual show. I don't remember the plot or anything like that. I just remember being horrified. So... I really went into it completely, you know, blank slate with the, the where concerns the plot. And I would be curious from your perspective if the movie follows the plot closely. Because I don't recall any Jellicles or going to heaven or any of this craziness. So <laughs> the first thing Jillian texted me when she started watching the movie is, "What's a Jellicle?" <laughs> well, because like we watched, I watched it with my little little background. I watched it with my partner. And me, I think it was a Saturday night. Had a few glasses of wine. I ordered some takeout and I was really going to settle in and hunker down. And so we turn on the movie and my delivery comes and I have the leave it at the door option. And the, uh, the person who's delivering my food, I guess, had trouble finding the apartment. So they call me and I'm trying to listen and hear this delivery person and the, we have the air conditioner on. And so the TV's competing with the air conditioner. So it's already like really loud. And then they start to go, Jellicle, Jellicle, Jellicle. <laughs> and it's like over and over again, Jellicle, 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 whatever. And so I'm getting so frustrated because I can't hear this delivery person. All I hear is Jellicle, Jellicle, Jellicle. And it just wasn't a good <laughs> introduction. And my partner kept on saying, Text, text Matt. What, ask him what a Jellicle is. What's a Jellicle? Who, who is he? Who is Jellicle? <laughs> and I didn't know who Jellicle was either because I missed this. <laughs> Trying to get the delivery. So oh that's goodness. just all my thing. But, all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm here to answer all your Jellicle questions. Before I even do that, though, it is funny because I had a similar experience rewatching the movie the other day. It is very loud and shrill. Some Those high yes. notes are high. And so like... I started the movie at like 35 volume on my TV. And by the end, it was down to 14 because like <laughs> they would just hit these high notes and be like, oh, that's too loud. And I kept so readjusting loud. lower. But what are Jellicles? So to answer your question, Jillian, Jellicles are a clan of cats, right? Mm-hmm. So we're in London. Just a little bit more background on what is cats. It's, it's a it's a musical, right? On Broadway, it premiered in 1981. Actually, it premiered in 1981 in London's West End. And it's composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber, who did The Fan of the Opera and Evita. And it's based on T.S. Eliot's Old Possum's book, A Practical Cat. So he's taking this poetry about cats and putting it to music. I'm not surprised that you can't remember a plot because the musical, as it's staged, is sung through, which means mm-hmm. that there's no dialogue between songs. It's just song, 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 right? Yeah, that's what and, I noticed the movie. Well, the movie's not like that. But the, they had a lot of songs. They had a lot of songs, but the, they they pause and talk between but them. But in the, in the even play, between they don't even do between that. parts of the song, they have dialogue that is not part of the show. 
Um, okay. All that stuff was added to add clarity to the story. But either way, whether the story is the same, pretty much, um, whether you're watching it on stage or screen. And so the story is that we meet these jellical cats. They're this clan of cats in London. And their whole thing is competing at the jellical ball before old Deuteronomy, their leader, to be the jellical choice. And being the jellical choice means that you're able to ascend to the heavy side layer. I feel insane <laughs> saying this and come back to a new life. So basically, like in a nutshell, it's a talent show competition and they're auditioning to be reincarnated. <laughs> which is, which honestly, it, that did, that plot broke my heart. Just so sad that you want a new life so bad that you're going to get shot off into the heavy side layer in a, <laughs> what, what's that thing? A balloon? Um, it's like, yeah, it's like an air balloon. I mean, air balloon. Well, it's, it's, mean, it's first, it's a chandelier and then, <laughs> and also it just makes me sad that all these cats were abandoned or some of them were, but so I don't know. That made me sad. A key difference between the movie and the musical is the point of view character. So there is really no main character in the Broadway show. You're just sort of like thrown from one cat to the next as they each get their moment and their song. And you kind of have to figure out the story through if you can tell what they're saying in the music, which is kind of difficult sometimes um, in terms of the lyrics, because it all is like so nonsensical, a lot of it. In the movie, they really clarify a lot of stuff because they give you Victoria, who is actually in the show, but she's like the ballerina cat. And she doesn't really sing in the Broadway show. and But she sings and has her own song um, called Beautiful Ghost, which was co-written just for the movie by Taylor Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber. She's basically thrown out in a sack at the beginning of a movie, but yeah. out of a car. And the Jellicles take her in and she's learning about all the Jellicles. And I think that simple change alone is a huge benefit to the story because it helps explain like why you're getting these um, songs and being introduced to these cats and also kind of goes into the ball part of it where they're then competing before Deuteronomy. Meanwhile, there's an antagonist, right? So while all this is happening, there's McCavity and McCavity is the bad cat who is in the movie making the other contestants disappear with his cat magic. <laughs> I so like that, him. So that he's the Jellicle choice. And that makes so much more sense because in the Broadway show, he's kind of just a bad cat that makes old Deuteronomy disappear at the end. And that's it. Like he has actually barely in it. I don't, again, I, I'm not surprised that you don't remember a story because there really is no tangible story in the show. You just kind of like in, I think in the Broadway show, there's more physicality because you're there in person. There's more dancing. Mm -hmm. It's more dance heavy you're kind of just giving yourself up to this insane fever dream of cats dancing and singing weird songs. Whereas the movie tries to really actually tell a story in the way that Broadway show doesn't even care to do. So all their names are the same in the movie and the play. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There's some, okay. there's some minor changes. Like there's no break dancing cats in the Broadway show that was added. <laughs> no snacking on cockroaches. There are cock dancing cockroaches in the Broadway show too, but um, yeah, there's just so much to talk about. I don't even know. How, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned how the Victoria character gives context, which I found interesting because I felt like there really wasn't. As soon as she got thrown out onto the street, they're like, Jellicle, Jellicle. They, they're had, <laughs> you, that, that, they're really, it launched right into it. But that being said, I think I texted you what I thought the movie was, and it was accurate from your account. So clearly there was some narrative that 
we were able to follow, or I was able to follow. I was able to get the plot through watching the movie, so I guess that's a plus. But I will say, they really just threw you right into it. They didn't give you a beat to be like, whoa, what's happening here? They just went right into it, hard and fast. And it never stopped. So, um, well, yeah, it was a believe lot. Believe me, they give you way more context in the movie than they do in the Broadway show. <laughs> yeah, well, I also um, thought to myself... You know, there's so much criticism surrounding this movie. And I thought, okay, Julian, if someone said make cats, how would you do it? And I, I'm not going to be, you know, what the Monday quarterback, as they call it. I don't know how one would make a, a good cats movie. And that's either, I, I don't even know if, it, if it's some, a play that could have been translated into a, a movie. I'm not sure how one would even translate that well. Because like you said, the part of the allure of cats is that it's, in person that it's this magic seeing the actors you know act like cats and what have you so i'm not sure if you think it was in your opinion do you think it's even something that could be adapted to screen well i think it can and i think they did it successfully in my opinion i really enjoy this movie there are some different approaches that you could take i think to make it a little less uncanny i mean okay so let's talk about the visual effects because i think that's actually the crux of where people immediately have a knee-jerk reaction where they don't like this movie and where we're more forgiving of the stage version because it's like well of course they're they're in person they're not they have to be dressed up like cats so we forgive the human shape of them right when we're seeing it live mm -hmm. we, we we sort of suspend our disbelief more easily for the stage show and uh, we don't seem to extend that kindness to the movie which tries to like honor that by having a similar thing many people have claimed like well if they just did the practical costumes it would have been so much better i'm not yeah. so sure actually the more we watch it the more i kind of like the visual effects i think they work okay i think i think the costumes would have looked similarly ridiculous if it might have helped in some other areas maybe the easiest route would have just been doing an animated movie and having the cats be animated and i still kind of mm -hmm. want to see that version because i think i think that version might actually really allow you to feel the most because you have the le least amount of distraction with this kind of like weird, trippy human cats. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I still feel like I think they should actually make another version that's animated. Uh, like Pixar should do like a, a cats movie because I enjoy the music, actually. Maybe maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome. I don't know. But like the magical Mr. Mistopheles hasn't left my brain since I saw the movie. But there are some simple stuff I do kind of wish they did with the practical effects. Like I don't know why they didn't paint their noses on. Like they, I think that's one of the things that's kind of a little unsettling about the way they look in the movie is it's like they have this fully CG cat costume and the ears look mm -hmm. are, are like completely realistic. The ears are twitching like real cat ears and the tails too. And that's just their faces. Their and that's just like faces. their faces. It's, it's like one of those like uh, photo opportunities where you put your, your face through the board <laughs> and yeah. it's just like that with cats. And I kind of just wish like, why don't you just do the extra thing where you paint the bottom of their nose so it looks like a cat nose. Well, from what I was reading, it, they said it was just rushed out. Like Universal yeah. wanted it. Also, I thought it was weird. They wanted it to compete with Star Wars, which is, it just seemed like a weird timing and they had to go in and redo it. It, it seems more just like also a studio issue where they didn't give them the time to really, I don't know, smooth out those kinks. Yeah. I mean, I almost wish that they kind of went weirder maybe because... I, what I do like about it is I cannot take my eyes off this movie. It is, the colors are so bold. The, the whole visual element of the movie is so strange because the scaling is off. Like, why are the mice the size of, like, 
real mice compared to human being size, not cat size, but cockroaches are slightly too large. It's like everything's just kind of off and including the way their faces look. It kind of works for me because it's just so freaky looking and I, I liked how funky it was. Like it's just, it's just this kind of gorgeous acid trip of a movie and I, I liked how weird it was. I don't know. I think like, I think if you felt like it was intentionally weird, try to watch it and imagine like this wasn't a rush thing. It wasn't a mistake, but someone really tried to make this freaky cats movie. You, you'd kind of be like, you know, I kind of dig it. Cause like there's, there's a really, there's some bold decisions happening. <laughs> With well, this, it is, it is certainly not to... boring. <laughs> well, the thing is, I guess I'm just, maybe I live in a zany world every day because I didn't even notice the sizes. <laughs> I, my partner had to point out that things were <laughs> completely just not proportionate. I didn't sure, realize like, this looks real to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was going with it. So I didn't even notice if, if no one said this to me and I didn't hear all the criticism before, I would have no idea. <laughs> I just went, I went with it. But I think the the thing with this whole movie is that they really want, they seem like they really gave it their, the college trying, they're going really serious with it. And that's, I think, like you said, the issue, maybe if they just were intentionally zany and kind of embraced the zany, but it seems like they're more Im- embarrassed or indignant about it which is which is like makes the whole thing weird like if they just went hard in the absurd which they did but also not like they were trying to put out a a real cats a cats movie and this was the best you know they did or whatever but i think that they like you said they leaned into it it would have been had a different outcome or critical reception see i kind of feel like they did lean into it stupid joke after stupid joke like i've never seen a movie take itself less seriously and it has some a couple of, of serious moments. Ian McKellen's number as Gus the Theater Cat, I think, is heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. That one made me sad. And I, th- I think it's actually pretty effective. I guess I got the vibe it did take itself seriously. Like Really? Yes, especially like the stars. Okay, well, for example, I just can't imagine Idris Elba like, oh, I'm going to be in some you know, absurd wacko movie. And they were like, you know, laughing at themselves. I didn't get that vibe. It seemed really, like he's everyone... chewing the scenery. And at some point he, when he disappears, um, Gus, he goes, McCavity. Like, yeah, I don't on. know. I didn't, I think you're just, I know that you love this, you know, you like and love this movie. And, but well, what I about just his performance seeing... isn't, isn't arch. Like it's, his, I think his they're all per- embarrassed if they, okay, here's the thing. No one said, I, I haven't seen anyone say, maybe I missed it, where they're like, yeah, this is a total absurdist movie. You're not, you're missing, the guys are missing the point. I like, I'm not hating on it. I, I didn't, I didn't watch it and be like, oh my God, I hated this, or it's so dumb, it's so stupid, whatever. I, it's just not my speak, I don't like to watch people sing. I'd hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've said that many times before. It's my worst thing. I don't know why, it just bores me. I don't care how great of a voice you have. Jennifer Hudson, beautiful voice, loved it. But, you <laughs> know, away. I... I <laughs> but I don't, I don't really care, <laughs> but that's, I just kind of wish like you're saying where they, they kind of had a laugh at themselves, but it seems like instead of fighting back at the critics or what have you, they're licking them. Ian McKellen and Judy Dench are kicking up their legs and licking themselves. Like it, it's, I think it's the least self serious movie ever. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I, it's one of those things where there's you know, like a lot of miscommunication every everyone's end. Like it was just me released at the wrong time. Maybe the actors needed to just like hold, hold on and say, yeah, we really were going for the absurd because I think 
like you said, they made they should have just leaned into it a little bit more because it was silly. Like I, I did enjoy what's his face that uh, James Corden, where there that that was my favorite scene where he's you know bopping around eating mm-hmm. food and that B- I, I like Jones. <laughs> what's his name? Bustopher Jones, the cat about okay. town. Okay, yeah. So I like that a lot, and you know it, it was silly and funny, but um, you know I think also there's this issue. Even what I've experienced and when like to people discussing fiction, they'll say, oh, uh, well, this would never happen. It's like, well, it's fiction. <laughs> what can you what who says what cannot not happen in you know, in fiction as long as it as long as it makes sense for the character and the plot and anything can happen in you know, in fiction. So that wasn't my gripe coming into it. You know, anything goes. It's a silly, fun thing. Um, so I think if it's also how you have to go in approaching it like i that's why maybe i didn't notice the proportions because i'm not going into a film with my magnifying glass you know go oh, yo is everything proportionate i just want to enjoy the film and be lost in it but yeah. maybe the, the other side of that is people who are adept at noticing those things like graphic designers or what have you they can't do that because that's their job so um i see both sides of it i, I really don't like when some of the actors or people after the fact have kind of disowned the movie and made fun of it. Yeah. And that, that really gets to me because it feels disrespectful of all the people who put hard work into it. And I've read mm-hmm. articles about the visual effects team basically working under insane deadlines. And then to yeah. have actors like uh, Rebel Wilson and James Corden, oh, they words, making fun of that, like kind of impossible working condition and not just sort of stand behind the people who they made the movie with because when you're watching a movie as an audience or a critic, like the, the final product is what you're assessing. So whatever kind of hard work goes into it or not is sort of immaterial, right? It's about what the final product is. But I do feel like when you're a part of the creative process and you're like, and you're also part of that team, like stick with your people. Like you, you made this together. Don't like throw someone under the bus. You're like, Oh yeah, it was bad. Now I'm going to act like I knew it was bad the whole time. It's like, yeah, I, I, and again, I don't think it's bad. So it's like, why not just, stand by your work. Um, well, also that's what I'm kind of getting at where that's where I think there's a disconnect where it's hard for me to ascertain how they viewed this movie because yeah. by their responses, it makes it seem like, Oh, this was a totally serious thing. But if they were just more lax about it afterwards, I would think oh, I would lean more towards like, Oh yeah, this was an absurdist, you know, thing. So I think there is that disconnect. And I do agree with you that, you know what? Don't, I don't, I don't think the talent should ever knock the people working on something, especially like you said, there's under, under tight deadlines. I heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but someone had to, they had buttholes on the cats. Oh my God. Someone claimed, yeah. Some, someone in the visual effects department claimed that there was an original butthole cut where the cats have anuses, um, (laughs) visible, visible. And someone did a really funny butthole trailer on YouTube (laughs) where they added, um, buttholes to all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all the cats it's really worth a watch um i yeah i i justice for butthole edition i want that released yeah. I, th- I think we deserve that cut and this is the second episode of all things cozy in a row we're talking about buttholes by the way i don't know what this means for us um Hine hole. <laughs> that's worse <laughs> caboozle you know another interesting thing is like i love this movie so much partially because it's so breezy like it it is actually faster than the stage show 
um, is <laughs> very fast. It's whiplash. It, 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 it's over. It's there and it's gone. Like it's a pretty short movie. It's it's under two hours, so it goes by pretty quick. And I was like, you know what? I can rewatch this movie. I I just like would love to rewatch it. And I'm like, I'm gonna get the 4K. It was shot in 4K natively, so I was like, I'm gonna get the 4K DVD. They canceled it, Jillian. They're oh. not coming out. They're like, we're not losing any more money. This is a huge box office bomb, by the way, if you didn't know. They lost like a hundred million dollars. The <laughs> like if you add in like ads and stuff like that, they probably spent close to two hundred million on this on cats and they made like seventy. But so why wouldn't people see it? Because if I hear something's really terrible but in a fun way, I want to see it. Well, it kind of lived in sort of this cult way, and I think it's growing. Before the pandemic hit, people were going, were packing the Alamo Draft House for rowdy cat screenings where they would like, oh, yes. they're basically trying to, they're basically workshopping their own Rocky Horror version of cats where they're screaming stuff at the screen and performing along with it. Mm-hmm. So I think like it, it's going to take on a cult status. Um, I can see that for, for this version of cats. It, it's only a matter of time, really. And they're going to probably eventually from that come out with a ultra HD version but I was just mm-hmm. bummed out that like, why does this movie get its its ultra HD um, 4K DVD canceled, but Doolittle still gets its DVD release? Like, come on! Don't hate on the Doolittle. Okay, sorry, sorry. Let's talk about music. So, is there? You mentioned Buster for Jones. Were there any other songs that you liked, or was was that your favorite for sure? Well, I liked anything Jennifer Hudson did because you know she is a great talent. And then, um, yeah, I. I, it, I'm going to be quite frank. <laughs> it all just kind of, all, all the singing kind of just blended in. I'm more as interested into the, the scenes. That's why I like that James Corden character where he's bopping around and eating food and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really recall anything else that particularly stuck out. I thought that song was sad. The one that you mentioned, that janitor, was he a janitor? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Gus the theater cat. Oh, I thought he was a janitor. <laughs> why'd you why'd you think that? Because he was in the back he's in the shadows of the theater. He's backstage about to perform. <laughs> and his whole song is about how he perf- he's an actor. Oh, okay. I no, here's my, the narrative that I created in my head. I thought he was a janitor at the theater and that he was once a great actor, but he had to become a janitor. Now I want to so, go through each song and ask what you what you thought it was about. <laughs> And so he needed a little nudge to get back into his, his, you know, greatness. So he puts down that mop and he goes back on stage. No, he's just drinking out of a bowl like Ian McKellen does as a, as a cat. Ian McKellen really leans into like acting like a cat. He's always like preening his ears and licking out of bowls. Well, also I heard this too, which I don't really believe because my cats meowed each other. But they said that I read somewhere that cats don't meow and hiss at each other. And that's another unbelievability thing in this issue in this movie Who because all the in cats. Right, who's who's raising that <laughs> issue? I've never heard that as a critique of cats. They absolutely hiss at each other. Anyone's ever heard cats outside a window? Like they they'll yowl and hiss. We yeah. all heard it. Yeah, I could have my own little version of cats in here. Have Snickers and Reese's perform. <laughs> so, what song do they perform typically? I'll have to make my own version to see. Or <laughs> jellical we'll, hanging holes. Jellical hanging holes. Uh, okay, so um, I also watched the because um, I really took this episode seriously. I watched the the PBS Broadway video version, so it's like it's a it's a cast of 
Broadway actors. They kind of like mix and match from different eras. Um, where Elaine Page is Grizabella and um, a bunch of other people from the stage show are reprising their roles. And it was always, I don't know if you remember this, Jillian, but like in the late 90s and early 2000s, whenever PBS would do a fundraising drive, they would always like show cats and then offer the DVD or a tote bag of cats. <laughs> um, and so I finally found that version on um, Broadway HD, which is like an app where you can watch Broadway shows that were videoed, which is a really cool resource. Nice. They don't, it's, it's like eight bucks a month and... I think I'm going to just have it for as long as I watch what I want to watch. And then I can't, I just don't see enough content in there or it being updated regularly enough for me to stay all year, but it's an interesting resource. So if you do like live theater and we're all stuck inside, check out Broadway HD and you can kind of at least get your fix that way. Um, That's a good tip. So I, I was watching the like Broadway version, video version of it. And it did make me realize like, I really like the, version of Jenny Any Dots, um, who is played by Rebel Wilson in the movie, mm. um, from the Broadway show. So she's the Gumby cat, which means she's the house cat. She sits around all day and, and gets big. But at night, she's industrious and like trains the cockroaches how to dance and the mice how to sing. Mm-hmm. I really like the Broadway version better, mostly because Jenny Any Dots is, is characterized as kind of like a mother figure. She's like matronly. And it's like she's basically a housewife is like the way she's characterized. I thought that was way a more interesting angle than just an oaf. And I, I, Rebel Wilson kind of j- brings a lot of physical comedy to it. And she, you know, she, she can be funny, but I felt like it kind of lost the element of like this, this like stern mother figure snapping to action at night and like really making these other animals productive, which is her whole thing. Yeah. Well, I was curious as why she has to make them productive and she's going to eat them. You know, it's a vicious cycle. You know, cats are, cr- are cruel taskmasters and they'll train you how to march, but they'll also eat you. Yeah, it's a little a dark twist. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more character development because just being Rebel Wilson and being like being oafier physical humor is just it's, it's not enough. But it's interesting to know that the characters are quite different in the, the stage version. Yeah, there are a couple of the characterizations that are really different. Like um, Remtum Tugger is in the show more of a David Bowie type. Whereas Jason Derulo, who I think actually is a great Remtum Tugger, it's still, it's in essence the same. It's like pop star swagger. And that, mm-hmm. that heart of the character is still there. But it's much more in like a, a, an R&B pop direction. Totally, I think it still works, but it's different flavor. Whereas, like, if you watch the, the PBS video version, like, the, the Rum Tum Tugger is, like, very Bowie and, like, strutting around like a rock star type type stuff. Yeah, the, I have to watch the stage version because, like I said, I don't I have no recollection of the actual show. So it'd be nice to have them side by side and analyze them. Another um, piece of trivia about the stage show is that Judy Dench was actually originally in the cast, the original West End cast of Cats. In fact, Andrew Lloyd Webber only was approved to underwrite Cats and, and put it on because he agreed to let Judy Dench be in it. <laughs> like, like attaching her was part of the thing, was part of the package. And she was going to play Grizabella and Jenny Anydots in a dual role. But she snapped her Achilles tendon um, in rehearsal when she was performing as Jenny Anydots. It's funny to think about like Judy Dench being the Rebel Wilson role. <laughs> yeah. Which was originally it. And she got injured. And so Elaine Page took on Grizabella 
and someone else took over Jenny Anidots. This is kind of like coming home for her. So she finally gets to be in Cats. And so she's old Deuteronomy and they gender flip, flipped the role. It used to be, it, usually it's a man. It's a Tomcat playing old Deuteronomy, but they, they made it um, a Judy Dench cat. Do we know what she said about the criticism? I don't know. I mean, like, you know, I don't think she cares. I think uh, Judy Dench is very much like, I mean, it's not like she is that discerning when she picks her roles. I think she does like kind of pop up in random stuff. So uh, I don't know. I think she's just like there to like to play. She does her part. Mm-hmm. She gets her check and she goes, you know, she Judy Dench. And she, al- she also wants to, I guess, be respectful to the people who made it perhaps. Yeah. And she's a, a, a class lady. She's a dame after all. But also, I want to know why that character was judge and jury. I wa- I was rooting for McCavity. I felt so sad for him. He just didn't know. He's a criminal cat. To- <laughs> I felt sad. I think maybe, well, there's this, more and more when we're talking about bullies and not nice people, there's, you know, mention of how we're kind of conditioned to always think that bad or um, not nice people have some sad story behind it as a way to um, normalize or okay their behavior. And I definitely fall prey to that. (laughs) We're like, oh, every every bully has a sob story. And that's why they're mean and bad. And that's why I have to accept it. Um, But McCaffey, I just felt sad for him because he so desperately wanted to go to the heavy side layer. And I thought, what made his life so sad where he wants to disappear people? Yeah, but he tried to cheat his way into that, right? So he made all the other contestants disappear with his McCaffey magic. And then he... For his performance, he has Taylor Swift drop down on a moon and dump a bunch of catnip all over the place, trying to sway the votes. So, you know, I think Aww. I think it's you know he's he's a he's a sneak, he's a cheat, and he should never she he could never be the jellical choice, as old Deuteronomy says. I don't mm, I don't share I, your, I don't share that. your uh, love for McCavity. I just also when he tried that he tried to hop on the hot air balloon at the last moment. And it's just sad, but, but I want to know why this Deuteronomy, like what the heck, what's, what's their story? Who are they? Are they like a, a stand in for God or something? So it's like some analogy or something. It's not ours to reason why it's, it's ours to do and die. <laughs> He's just old Deuteronomy. Old Deuteronomy. <laughs> it was nice that Jennifer Hudson got her due at the end. The Grizabella part of it, I think is, you know, it's the most emotional. When I saw it in the theater, there was a, an old man sitting in front of us who turned to his wife and says, when, when that music started, this is the part that always gets me, um, which was really cute. <laughs> and yeah, it, it is a very emotional song. It's Memory is like definitely like the best song in the show. Um, it's the one that really has a life outside of the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a beautiful rendition of this like meditation on like the past and what things used to be and, and just wanting one more time to feel like it used to feel. I think we've all felt that about certain things before. So it's very identifiable. And yeah, you want Grizabella to be the Jellicle choice because she, you know, she needs a reinvention, right? She needs, she really does need like, she was the glamour cat. She's not anymore. She needs that reinvention. McCavity, he's a sly criminal. Like he's already doing okay. <laughs> well, give it to, give it to old Grizabella. He- well, I think the other cats aren't any better than he is because they're so mean to the glamour cat because th- th- am I, get- I don't know if I'm misreading this because she's a prostitute. There's like there's like a weird. Yeah, there's almost this weird, like unspoken thing where like she like McCavity was her pimp or something. And she was like the yeah. prostitute cat. That's like kind and of the so way they sell weird. it. Yeah. So there, none of them deserve to be the the 
Jellicle to the heavy side layer, whatever. McCavity is. Jillian's like the heavy side layer is closed. (laughs) No one's getting in now. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, they were kind of villainous in their own way. They're so mean to her. They they did bully her. I feel like there was like a little bit of overacting with the glamour cat where she's so, you know, beaten down and so such a leper. She has to crawl everywhere. She can never walk. And she always has to like look back at them crawling her way. It's it <laughs> pretty great. Heavy handed. <laughs> it is pretty funny. Also the way she sings her version of memory is so powerful, but she does like fully cry in it. It's like, <laughs> and yeah, it, it's it, I, I don't <laughs> if, It's the most sobby face. Grizabella. I think I've seen the beautiful singing. Yes. One more thing, just in terms of like the shift from the stage show to the movie. I really like the way they did Mr. Mistopheles, who's the magician cat in the movie because they give him like an arc, right? He um, wants to do magic, but he's not very good at it. And he had, when they're singing Mr. Mistopheles and they're saying, Oh yes, never was there ever a cat so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles. They're doing it to pump him up in the movie because he's trying to do his magic to bring back old Deuteronomy and it's not working. And finally Mm -hmm. it works because all the cats are like encouraging him. And it's such a better version of that song than, I mean, there is something kind of like fun about the Broadway version where Mc- where Mr. Mistopheles is fully confident and comes down and like light bulbs all over his like ch- his shoulders and like is zapping lightning all over the place and is like, I'm the magical Mr. Mistopheles. Everyone loves me. I'm the best. Here you go. Here's old Deuteronomy. But there's like really no like, you know, tension or stakes or character element to that in the show. But in the movie, they really did try to give him like something to overcome, which I thought benefited the the song itself. Yeah, it's interesting to hear your perspectives from someone who has seen both, because I only have this movie to go off on. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but I, I really love it. I have a good time watching it, and I can kind of take it for what it is. So mm-hmm. I would say, you know, if you haven't given Cats a chance and you do like musicals, give it a try and see if you like it too, because I think, I think sometimes we can all hop on the bandwagon because it's easier to pile on and just be like, aha, yeah, that's bad. But really, you know, give it a fair shake and see if you also believe it's terrible <laughs> for yourself. And, and maybe, yeah, see, see both. That's uh, yeah. easier to, to compare. Um, but like I said, I didn't, I didn't hate it, didn't despise it. It's just not my... It's Julius not my cup is not on board with musicals at all. <laughs> yeah, so that's just not my thing. But um, also my, my recommendation, don't have a, a drink while watching because it is a little dizzying. <laughs> you you know, have to be clear-eyed. Have some coffee. Uh, I disagree. I think the more altered you can be watching this movie, the better it is. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I just I'm enhance like, the trip. It's just like, wow. <laughs> no, I need to be, I need to be centered from watching something like that. Cause it's just a whirlwind of woo woo. You know, you don't get a, don't get a break is. So for me, the air conditioning blaring two glasses of wine in, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have to, to have to watch this another day when I'm more clear eyed, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it I had a I had a fun time just giving it a go, and um, I I don't think the actors should be embarrassed if, if they if they put all their all they could into it and they gave their best shot, then they shouldn't be making fun of the film. That does make me a little sad and irritated. But. Yeah, it's a silly musical performed by silly people, and it's fun. Uh, to me, that's how Cats is, and you got for me, you got to take it take it for what it is. Before we go, I I do want you to take a quiz. Um, I found on Playbill called Which Jellicle Cat Are You? So I want to okay. know what Jellicle Cat Jillian is. 
Do you feel like a Mistopheles, Skimble Shanks, or Grizabella from the famed Andrew Lloyd Webber musical? Only this quiz can reveal your true inner cat, and it's by Logan Colwell Block. Julianne, I have some questions for you so we can ascertain exactly what jellical cat you are. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Pick a dog breed. Chihuahua, Poodle, Golden Retriever, Pitbull, or Pug? I say a pug. What's your favorite entree at the Olive Garden? Tour of Italy, soup, salad, and breadsticks, seafood Alfredo, chicken Parmesan, lasagna Classico. I don't like soup. (laughs) Um, And I don't like Alfredo because I don't like creamy stuff. Um, I'm going to have to go with the... I love seafood, though, but I'll go with the... Las, las, lasagna. I'll go with the lasagna <laughs> classical, please. She's going with the lasagna, ma. <laughs> All right. Pick an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> I'm already laughing because I know you're not going to like any of these. Okay. Pick an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Jesus Christ Superstar. Avida, The Phantom of the Opera. School of Rock. The musical. I actually do like Phantom of the Opera, so I'm going to say that. She trusts the music of the night. <laughs> what would you do with a second Jellicle life? Would you use it to do more good in the world? Make more money? Create bold art? Eat better food? Or sleep more? I would love to know what the definition of bold art is. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> Those are some toughies. I like food. I like money. And <laughs> oh, but I'll say do, do more good in the world just to... <laughs> just because just it's recorded. I know, you really, right I know you really want to be a cat that makes more scratch. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite dance move? The <laughs> arabesque ponche, the pony, time step, moonwalk, or pivot turn? I don't know what any of these are except for the moon. <laughs> so I'm just going to have to say the moonwalk because I don't know any others. What would your non jellical cat name be? Tiger? Smokey? Oscar, Angel, or Whiskers? Oh, I like Whiskers. And yeah, I'll say Whiskers. What's your favorite kind of milk? Whole milk, 2%, 1%, skim, or non-dairy? A non-dairy. Pick a dance musical, Jillian. A chorus line, 42nd Street, <laughs> an American in Paris, Newsies, anything goes. I've never seen any of these, so I'm just going to say Newsies because it sounds cute. <laughs> What's your favorite type of cat litter? Clumping clay, silica gel crystals, recycled paper, corn, or pine? Corn. <laughs> I, I always knew you were a corn litter girl. <laughs> Didn't have to miss a beat. Last question, Jillian, and it's a real tough one. Who's your favorite Grizabella? Elaine Page, Betty Buckley, Lori Beachman, Lilius White, or Leona Lewis? I don't know any of I'll have to say Aline Page. You are Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. You're the cat of the railway train. Attentive and kind, you can see what everyone around you wants and needs. You're a calming presence to everyone you know, and you suffer no pranksters. All aboard. All aboard. It's, it's funny, Jillian. We both got Skimble Shanks. Oh, When really? I took this earlier, yeah, we're both Skimble Shanks. What did you pick for Olive Garden? Uh, the soup, salad, and breadsticks. Hmm, interesting. We'll have to compare notes. We'll have to do an Olive Garden episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, cute. I, the railroad, railways cat 
Choo-choo, yeah, I mean, that number was was great. All the tap dancing. That's another number I think is better in the movie just because they like lean so hard into the tap dancing. It's really fun to see. That's well, interesting. I like that. Yeah, well, there there you have it. We talked about cats. Um, it's time for us to go ascend to the heavy side layer. <laughs> Both of us get to go. And be reborn when we come back into your ears next next week to talk about the Christmas Prince. Yes, I'm so excited. So That's... excited to to chat with that writer and dive into a little Christmas in the summer. I hope you enjoyed it. So yeah, we hope you enjoyed this little special <laughs> gift that we left for you in your shoe. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, <laughs> stay, stay catty. <laughs> A new